Hi, and welcome to the New Futurist Podcast, a show where we focus on practical ways to gain greater clarity and insight about how the world is changing, and more importantly, about what you can do today to take a more active role in creating the kind of future that you want to see. My name is Jared Nichols. I'm the host of this show, and today I've got something special for you. Uh, this is an interview that I did when I was the host of the Road Ahead podcast. And uh, this is something that uh, I went back and looked at and listened to and realized that even though uh, we recorded this a few years ago, the wisdom and the insight shared by my guest today is still very relevant and applicable uh, to creating the future, to thinking differently about the actions that we take and how to make better decisions. So this is something I know you're going to enjoy. So stick around for this show here. But before we do that, Real quick, let's do a little house cleaning. If you have not subscribed to the show, take a second, click the subscribe button. And this helps us do two things. Number one, it helps us to make sure that you are getting the most up-to-date shows and information, things that uh, will help you uh, along this journey when it comes to creating the future. But it also gives us insight into what is most important to you. It allows us to have a conversation back and forth so we can better understand what is really resonating uh, better understand what you want to hear more about. And then that gives us the ability to uh, bring on new guests, create new content, and, uh, and, and ensure that we're providing value to you going forward. So if you haven't, click the subscribe button. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's jump into the show. Hey, well, Nicholas, thank you first and foremost for taking the time to be us on the road ahead. This is uh, especially fun for me, as you and I were just talking a second ago. Uh, because I am a big fan of the book. Um, Dan Cushell is the one that put us in touch. And Good old Dan. Love Dan. Oh, yeah. Dan, is he's one of a kind. He was a guest on the show. We had a great conversation. And, awesome. Uh, when he and I spoke, it was probably about four or five months ago, I think. Uh, this whole past year for me has been this business transformation, restructuring things, and just rethinking you know, who my audience is. And, and that's a real difficult thing at times. And uh, he pointed me to right. you and your book. And, man, I... I just, I love this. So this is great. And thanks for taking the time to be on the show with us. Oh, well, the pleasure is mine. I, I love hanging with you. I love having conversations. And if uh, some people can eavesdrop on our conversations, all the better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, let's, let's d- jump in here. I mean, as I said in the intro, you were, you were the, the recognized authority on Facebook ad strategy, right? So, some might, some might say that. Yeah. No, I, th- I think <laughs> many have said that. I, you look at your, you look at, you look at your client list and it's like, geez, these guys are authorities in their industry, and they're looking to Nicholas. So, so, uh, so I know what you have to share today is incredibly powerful, and this is, yeah, you know, this is what's great. I mean, it's become more apparent to me. I was one of these, you know, over a year ago who looked at Facebook and thought, you know, business. Not for me. My clients aren't on Facebook. This right. seems to be kind of an easy go-to for I think a lot of people that are, you know, and I say old school. I mean, that even includes me, right? I mean, uh, anybody who's um, Gen X or older. For a lot of us, we didn't grow up. You know, we didn't grow up with technology, and so we the language that we've learned and the language we use to reach and connect with people, it almost seems to be a there seems to be a barrier when it comes to social media. As I think sure. for a lot of us, it's difficult. We're still doing things the old way. So we look at Facebook and go, "Oh yeah, that's not us." So first of all, um, uh, let's talk about that because I think a lot of the listeners here would want let's demystify this idea that Facebook is not where business is or not where your audience is. Yeah. I, so I mean. 
and there's two two sides of the question that typically comes up along that along those lines. One is a a B to C type business, and and let me just preface it with this, by the way. Um, I, I I'm I'm kind of against the chatter of B to C, B to B, and all this kind of stuff. It's why my company is called H to H. It's human to human. No matter no matter who you're talking to, at the end of the day, whether that's a C level executive who's in charge of hiring a ton of people, running a marketing department, whatever it be. That is a human being with needs, emotions, feelings, desires, wants, a good day, a bad day. And then the other other end of it, the business that you represent, no matter what it is that you do, high level, low level, Fortune 500, mon, posh shop, it really doesn't matter. You are a human being. And in the middle is this conversation. And so I hear have people say all the time, well, you know, Facebook could work for B2C, but not B2B, or it can, you know, LinkedIn or whatever. At the end of the day, I think the two key points to remember are A, um, it is at the end of the day, human to human. Yeah. Um, so there is no lines between that. But secondly, I mean, I could go over all the stats of of how from a B2B experience, Facebook is just as strong. But here's here's kind of the the, the undeniables. Number one, um, close to 300, uh, sorry, not even 300, 3 billion registered users on Facebook internationally. That's saying 3 billion people every single day are logged onto the Facebook platform in one way, shape, or form. And unlike Twitter and unlike some of these other things, you more or less need to be a real person and validate that you're a real person to have that account. It does not mean there's not fake accounts. There could be, but at the end of the day, it's it's a clear representation that it that just about everybody and their grandparents are on Facebook in some way, shape, or form. I mean, it's just it's just huge. Now, the example I like to give also with that is the pinnacle of all communication and advertising for the longest time has been a 30-second spot at the most internationally watched sporting event that happens one day out of every year. And this is the American football, National Football League's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. The pinnacle of all advertising used to be, can I get a 30-second spot on a Super Bowl Sunday at, you know, television? Um, and back then, it used to cost a million dollars for that spot. I know it costs more than that now. And and I always ask, why would someone pay that kind of money for for that type of spot? And the answer is always the same, exposure. Right. Because there are going to be people who are seeing it. Uh, it's what we would know in the past as mass marketing. Now, frankly, I mean, A – and I, I throw this out all the time. I say, well, let's assume that we're talking about 40 million people who are watching it live, maybe 50. Let's call it an even 50 million. Yeah. If I went to you, Jared, and I said, hey, I can get your message, whatever you want to say, for 30 seconds in front of 50 million people, and I could do it for $15,000, would you do it? Now, the yeah. vast majority of people would say, hell yeah, right? <laughs> Why not? If it's the same exposure as Super Bowl, it's the exact same exposure at at far less the cost. But if you were to say yes to me, I would do everything in my power to talk you out of that because we have moved from this idea of mass marketing into what I'm calling micro marketing. I think the power is leveraged in not your ability to mass market, but to micro market. But here's what I mean by that. So. Is Facebook a platform that everyone consider should consider? I say yes, because there's 3 billion active monthly users on there. Uh, it, it's just massive, and most likely the person you're going after is going to be on there. But that's not the best part. 
the best part is it's what I call the paradox of size. So on the big hand, Facebook is massive. It's got 3 billion people on there. No other platform on the planet has that kind of transaction regularly of interaction on a regular basis. But on the other hand, Facebook is the greatest data aggregator in the world. Yeah. So, so the joke that we have here in our office is that Facebook knows us better than we know ourselves. And that's true. Um, that's not just a joke. That is actually true. It is <laughs> in true. a frightening way. I mean, I woke up this morning and Facebook reminded me what I had for lunch four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago because I took a picture of it. I po- I don't know why I took a picture of my lunch, but I took a picture of my lunch. <laughs> I posted it because food was a cool thing to do back then. Right. And said, did you remember four years ago to this day you ate at such and such? I'm like, my God, I didn't remember, but you reminded me. Yeah. So behind the scenes, Facebook is now taking everybody's experience, what they like, who they follow, what they buy, everything that they're doing on the internet, more or less, and putting it in this matrix, if you will, that's Facebook's algorithm. And now to the intelligent uh, uh, advertiser, the business owner who just knows a little bit about the type of person that they'd like to reach with their message, Facebook avails this data to that person and says, hey, if you know who you're trying to reach, we're in the business of making sure those people get the things that they want. And here now lies the Facebook advertising platform. And so, you know, anybody who's who's saying, I don't know if Facebook's right for me, I'm like, you know, are you trying to reach a human being that lives in this century? Um, and as long as they're not some obscure industry and it's some obscure product or, or whatever, I can confidently say 95% of the time, um, Facebook is the most powerful direct response advertising platform on the planet. And if you're used to spending any money on advertising, Facebook will by far um, get you far less acquisition costs than you're traditionally used to paying on any other platform. Um, the bigness and the smallness is really what makes Facebook so unique right now. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to what you said in the beginning of, of that is something I want to just circle back to and, and what I really love about your business, human to human, right? On, so on a very personal level, this is, as I was telling you before we started to record the show here, you know, one of the big things for me is I w- I've uh, been diving deeper into my own industry. So as a futurist right. looking at who are the other futurists out there? I've been doing this for six years now, and a big part of me has always been, well, differentiate, right? Because becoming just a keynote speaker to say, well, here's what the next 50 years going to look like, I thought right. there's no value in that. I mean, it's entertaining, sure. but you need to know how to leverage the future. And so what I what I was able to walk away with, identifying big words and things that we all use, I realized very quickly, um, that's not at all what my heart, my message really are. I mean, it's kind of this mm. old school model of, I'm going to say these types of things and I'm going to use language that is beneficial for a business, right? Again, for the structure or the, the, you know, the, the walls of the business, the corporation, drive profits, revenues, those things are important. But if that is your first line of attack, then you're missing the heart and soul of what it is you right. can really do. Because if you're in the business of transformation, which really, if people can think about the future, if you can think like a futurist and really put this into action, it's transformative. So right. I realized very quickly what's missing is that human element, and that's where my heart is. So it's like you got to reverse that around. Sure, you can help businesses, but first you have to talk to the person and right. who that person is. And you know, and a lot of that I can say, um, uh, I know I was influenced by that. You know, coming to that point from reading your book too, because you really, uh, uh, you really, you really tap into that. And let me just give the listeners a personal example here of how I utilized your book. Sure, this, is, this was a lot of fun. When I first picked up this book, there's, you go through an exercise that's not unique. And I say this because you read any kind of strategy book about marketing, they say, know your avatar. Yeah. But, so I'm reading, and Nicholas starts putting these uh, questions out in his book. And 
I said, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and go through this. And as I started going through this, I was answering these questions and it became very apparent to me that my best customers are not the ones that I was marketing to. Wow. This was four or five months ago, right? But I was, you know, I was thinking, well, of course the people that are going to buy from me are going to be presidents or executives, you know, at a certain level. Uh, but then when I really analyzed, here's my five, my top five clients, every single one of them, the common trait was that they were responsible for the development uh, and training of somebody else. Said so this mm-hmm. is not the CEO of the company. This is not the president right. of a small business. This is this is somebody who's important, whose job it is to make sure the talent coming up behind them. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it just seems so obvious. So I, I'm certain that I'm not the only person that deals with this. So share with us a little bit about how you've because we could all talk about advertising on Facebook, sure. but the but none of it works if you don't know who that person is. And that was a big yeah. wake-up call for me. Tell us a little bit about how somebody can start to really dive into that because it's that seems like the question most people have a hard time answering. Yeah, I love it. So there's a, a guy by the name of Vilfredo, good friend of mine. No, not a good friend of mine. <laughs> uh, he was an early 1900s Italian economist. His last name's Pareto, and that should sound familiar. Yes. Uh, everybody's familiar with the Pareto principle. And he yeah. came up with this idea that when he studied economy and all this other stuff, um, uh, it's what we now know as the 80-20 rule, that basically 80% of any result comes from 20% of some sort of an effort. Yeah. And you could you could see that in, in, in business and revenues. If you look at, you know, the, the top 80% of your revenue is probably coming from 20% of your ideal customer, et cetera, et cetera. And so I looked at that from a marketing principle because no matter what you do, most small business owners and most entrepreneurs come from this perspective of what I have is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And as true as that is, and I'm not saying that that is not true, as true as that is, the moment you start communicating like that, what you're really saying is I am for nobody. And so if you apply the Pareto principle to marketing, the idea is like, let's consider that the entire population is the 100%. And Pareto would then, Vilfredo, would then say, look for the 20%. Who is your kind of focused target niche? Now, I think that was good advice probably up until social media was created. Because the 20%, I could say, well, I'm going after business owners or I'm going after a certain industry or I'm certain, whatever it be. But then when social media came along, now everybody's going after all those things. And so the 20% almost became the 100%. Mm-hmm. And so what we suggest, and I got to come up with a better name than this, and I know it hasn't caught yet. I'm calling it the Kuzmich Principle. I'm, I'm It's not quite catching like Pareto's Principle. Say it principle. again, the Kuzmich Principle. <laughs> say it two more times. <laughs> Maybe it'll stick. Yes. Uh, but the idea is what I call the 96-4 rule now. In other words, what is the 20% of the 20%, which then comes down to the 4%. And now, as I allude to it in every conversation I have, every time I speak, every time I'm holding a workshop or a seminar or an intensive, we're always saying we refer to our ideal target as the 4 percenters. It's if the population represents 100%, you now in today's social marketing or social world, if you will, have to be clear about who your 4% is. Um, and we could kind of dive deeper into that. But essentially, if you were a fly on the wall, oh, gosh, I think um, Bennett, Leo Bennett, uh, I believe that's his name, said something along the lines of if you cannot put yourself in the shoes of your customers, you have no – no." Uh, you have no right to be in the business that you're in, something along those lines. If you, yeah. have, if you cannot put yourself in the shoes of your customers, then you have no right to be in the business that you're in. And I think that's a profound but eloquent reality right now 
Um, because at the end of the day, and this goes right back to the kind of the human to human and what you're saying, we are not talking to a mass group of people anymore. Right. Although we are, we aren't. We're talking to an individual. We're talking to an individual that has needs and feelings. And the more specific you can be about that, in fact, I go as far to say is that a good message is not when your ideal prospect understands you. A good message is when your ideal prospect feels understood by you. Yep. And our job as entrepreneurs, small business owners, marketers, is to create as many I-know-how-you-feel type experiences because those lead to connections. Connections lead to what I call resonance, and then resonance leads to transactions. Yeah. And you and I both know that I believe now the, the, the currency by which it used to be years ago that if you're a clever copywriter and and mastered the art of persuasion and influence, then you could be a good marketer. And the entire marketing and advertising industry was built around those who mastered influence and persuasion. Yeah. Now I believe that the marketplace has been so bloody beat up by that. <laughs> That they know the trigger words. They know, hey, look at that headline and how it's worded. It's really just to pull me in. And I think now what what it takes to be a good entrepreneur slash marketer slash advertiser slash business owner is authenticity because authenticity leads to resonance. And we all know that today we transact with people that we resonate with. Yep. I mean, I've been in a scenario once where I was watching a speaker, polished, perfect. The deck was pristine. The words were eloquent. You know this guy had done this a million times. He led all up to it. He got to the final end. He made the pitch. And it couldn't have gone more perfectly. But I was just like, something doesn't – watch the words, amazingly enough. Feel right. Right. Yeah. And, and then someone else gets up there, botches the bloody thing. Like the clicker's not working, and he's got old school fonts that don't match, and it's overlaying, and he forgot his his the next point, and he stumbles, and he stutters, and his glasses fall off, and he gets through all of it. And then at the end, it's like, so, uh, gosh, does anyone want to do business with me? And, like, there's a flood of people who are just like, yes, me. Hmm. Why does that happen? I think it's because when when we can understand, A, who it is that we're really here designed to serve our four percenters yeah who is it that i'm 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 on this planet to serve my product my services my my business who is it that i'm trying to serve and then from there we are uh, uh, we're the best authentic representation of ourselves when we communicate to that person i think that's where we're going to start to see magic happen yeah you know and i love that you're talking about this nicholas i mean this is you know, the, the feeling of something being right is so important. This, uh, so on a personal level, and again, I can, you know, because I, 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 I know that a lot of folks deal with the same struggle, right? Is that we we try to compartmentalize and, you know, the, the old school way of I'm going to, like you said, persuasion, right. and influence. That's the, right. that's the exact thing that it really just sucks the life out of and the enjoyment out of, um, out of business in a number of yeah. ways. Because what you're essentially doing is... How can I trick somebody into, you know, it's if that's the premise you exactly. start with, right? Yeah. And if you have, and if you really are desired, like, look, I really want to empower people, equip people. I want to do things that are going to change the world or change a community. Then you just kind of, you, you've got a, you've got an immediate conflict right there. Right. So, and, 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 and sorry to cut you, but no, no, the, 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 the languaging, like some people will go as far to say as you have a moral obligation 
to persuade <laughs> and influence someone if you believe that your product and or service can help them. Right. And, and I'm thinking, pull out my hair. Are you kidding me? Like, you don't have a moral obligation at any time to manipulate anyone to do anything, no matter how good your thing is. I think there's a better way. Sorry for cutting you. No, but no, like, no. I'm glad you did. I, I hear that and I just <laughs> I go nuts. No, yeah. it's exactly right. I saw. So there's uh, another guy in my industry. I'm not going to mention his name or not, but. Oh, go ahead. Mention it. No, no, no. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't actually believe what he put in his uh, in his ad piece here. I mean, if he does, then you know he definitely is is sure. in the wrong spot here. But I had just a big part of of when I go and talk to people is I, I let them know. In fact, I did a talk in Denver uh, a couple weeks ago, and I opened up by just letting everybody know. I said, "Listen, I need to be completely transparent here. Um, I don't know how to predict the future." You know, and obviously because I'm a futurist, right? So they're, right. so, you know, I said, right. I don't even try. And I point out the fact that nobody can, the reason why is because nobody can actually do it. So really driving home that, that knowing what to think about the future is completely irrelevant. Knowing how to think about the future is where the real power and creativity so comes. Good. And yeah. so, you know, so this has been a big part of my, my talking, the mantra, whatever it may be that I'm, I'm saying, look, I really want people to understand that it's how we think. And so as I was doing research and then, you know, the other night I, uh, I saw one of the ads because it's how smart Facebook is. I'm on Facebook. Yep. I've been researching other futurists, people that I know personally, and some that I've haven't met yet. And and uh, he was one of them. And right. and sure enough, his ad comes up in my my stream. And what does yeah. it say? It's very blatant. It says, uh, you know, the problem that entrepreneurs make is they think that they cannot predict the future, but you can predict the future with certainty. And I was like, oh my god, pull my beard <laughs> yeah. out. You know, I was like, this just drives me nuts because that's bull yeah. and he knows it yeah. and it's a yeah. bait and switch. And it's like, right. why do we feel like that is effective marketing? Because you're right. I mean, this is, this is so important for any business. Um, we are facing a loneliness epidemic, right? Oh, you've right. seen that. You know, we see depression rates, opioid addiction skyrocketing. If we don't understand that these are symptoms of what's going on in our society and what yeah. people are looking for is genuine, you know, imperfection, Yep. honesty, authenticity, right. you know, and again, I'll just say you clearly nail that in the book and obviously in our conversations we've had. And so I just appreciate you for doing that. So anyway, yeah. Um, well, and, and, and let's just throw this out there for, for those who are listening, because people think, well, it's hard to be authentic. Like really the, the, the market has made it easy yeah. because there's so much inauthenticity out there. And the guru and the guy who knows it all and look at me and flashbang and all this kind of stuff that like it doesn't even mean you have to spill your guts per se to be authentic. You just got to be the true version of who you are. And be, and again, the market just makes that easier for us now because I think people I mean, yes, people will continue and forever be be persuaded, manipulated by the wrong way, and so be it. I wish there's something I could do about it, but there isn't. Um, but there's a good segment of the market that's turning around, and it's just like, I'm tired of this. Yeah. Like, who are the real people out there? What are the real products and services that I could I could follow and get aligned with and that sort of thing? So, Well, you know, and I think this, so this brings it back to small business. Right? If you look at the right. statistics that uh, have been put out from these different surveys, I can't remember if it's Gallup or Pew, but they're showing the continued decrease in public confidence in our major institutions. All of them are at record lows. I mean, Congress, so you know, public policy, uh, banking, religion, and education, right? Just in the tubes. The only Makes two sense. that have been up and continue to go up are small business and the military. No small business had like a sixty-five percent approval rating from the public. I mean, that's huge. Whereas Congress has like a eleven, maybe or something. Wow. I mean, it's horrible. So right. when you look at that, that immediately gives us a sign, right? 
that right. people actually like small businesses. But I think for a lot of small business owners, they feel that they need to market like the big businesses, which right. is very impersonal. Right. So, you know, this, and you were talking about this early on, right? This, the B2C, B2B, you're right. That takes the human element out of it. How does a small business owner who does, let's say they, they don't spend a lot of time online, their business isn't selling right. products online, but sure. you know, it's, it's a storefront business. How does somebody like that, or they're a manufacturer, uh, really take advantage of this amazing opportunity on Facebook to create a more human to human experience because people want that. They want to do business with a small business, right? Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of small businesses feel like, oh, I'm just trying to survive and trying to compete right. with these big, big guys. How do they differentiate themselves? Because it seems like this space is perfect for them. Yeah, and and the beautiful part about the the differentiation, as we'll call it right now, isn't that difficult because it's so lopsided. Yeah. So what I mean by that, and and it's uh, not to to pitch or plug the book, but it's do it. I've been doing it the whole time. <laughs> wait, wait. You should buy no, but, this book. It's well, awesome. What I mean by that is is it's the title of the book. The, we were taught as entrepreneurs and business owners, especially in the marketing advertising world, whether directly or indirectly, we were taught to take. Yeah. It's ask and take. It's, hey, buy my thing, come into my store, you know, separate from your hard-earned money. Maybe it's not even that, but it's just come in and give me, even when it's, it appears like a give. So like a professional services, let's call them a financial advisor. They say, well, come in for a free consult, which sounds like a give. It's really a take. You're getting someone in to do a sales call with them and to try and sell them on your services. Yeah. Um, so the real differentiation, I think, and why if the first initial movers can make a move on this and make it work, it's actually really simple at its core. It's you have a business that has a product or service that's designed to serve a certain type of people. We'll call them the four percenters. And if you do know that four percent, and I'm going to say that there are four things that kind of uh, cause human behavior, or cause someone to take an action. There's much more than this, and I'm not a psychologist, and I don't pretend to be one on the internet, but this is what I found from my limited monkey marketing mind that <laughs> there's four reasons why people would take an action. Either they have a fear or frustration on one side. Or they have a want or an aspiration on the other side. And the only difference between a want and an aspiration is, is it's immediate and it's tangible versus it's something far off. And same thing on the fear and frustration. Either it's real, I'm frustrated by this right now, like I have an itch on my back that I need to scratch. Or it's a fear that this itch will turn into cancer and I'm not really sure and maybe I'm down that path. It's not real. But either way, any one of those four things is going to cause someone to take an action. So I say to the, the general entrepreneur, small business owner, A, know who your 4% are. And the easiest way to do that is get clear on what their fears, frustrations, wants, and aspirations are. If you can know those things without deep diving and doing any spectacular avatar advertise, uh, exercise or anything like that, if you can just be very clear about those things of your 4%ers, now you have – the framework by which you know how you can serve them best. And now to stand out, really what I would want people to see Facebook as a, a, a channel for, a platform for, is to A, to connect with that 4% in a very easy way, which Facebook advertising allows you to do, and then B, to use the platform not to take, but to give. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if you know the fears, frustrations, wants, and aspirations of your 4%, and you can create something, content, a prod, whatever it be, that you could create something that you can now give to your 4% that's going to 
an alleviate a fear of frustration or that's going to help take someone closer to a want or an aspiration. All of a sudden now, you are different from everybody else. Because when the rest of the industry is saying, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, they're trying to take money, time, energy, all of that. You're the one who's saying, well, let me give you something and help you get closer to something before we do any sort of transaction. Immediately, you're going to stand out. So I always like to put people in the mindset of, identify the four forces, as I call them, fears, frustrations, wants, and desires, or wants and aspirations. Identify them and then ask yourself, what is the simplest and easiest way that I could give something to someone that would alleviate that or get someone closer? Yeah. And now you're well on your way. I'll give you an actual, like a real life example of that to, yeah. to help people understand that. Um, even for me, actually, let's go back and, and see my agency many years ago. Uh, three or four years ago, the thing that was plaguing my particular industry was people were jumping on the Facebook advertising platform, and it was kind of like the wild, wild west. People were doing everything, they saying things they shouldn't say on it, et cetera, et cetera. So Facebook decided to, to pull out Thor's hammer and just smash everybody. And literally hundreds of thousands of ad account bans were happening. Yeah. If you said the wrong thing, they'd ban your account. If you did the wrong thing, if you marketed the wrong way, if you had a relevancy score that was too low, ban, 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 ban. So the marketplace was essentially scared. Mm-hmm. And the marketplace was saying, how am I as a legitimate advisor, uh, advertiser going to avoid being banned on Facebook? So I said, well, I know how. And I figured, what is the easiest way that I could serve my community that way? I created literally what I called, I ended up calling the Facebook apocalypse <laughs> ch- checklist. Um, and it was because literally people thought it was the apocalypse, that Facebook was coming to shut everybody down. And it was the end of the world. And it was literally a, a two-page downloadable PDF de- uh, checklist that said, if you just follow these 10 things that I list in this, this document here, I guarantee you, you will not lose your ad account. Nice. This thing was given away for free. Uh, it was downloaded something like 80,000 times. And because it was striking a nerve that was currently in the marketplace and it was serving people without any attachment of, of give me, now that I've given you, give me something, mm-hmm. um, indirectly had led to, God, I can't even report the revenue that came as a result of a two-page downloadable PDF. Yeah. But case in point is, again, I was aware of what my 4% needed and wanted. I was aware of a fear, frustration, and wanted an aspiration. And I said, what is the best way that I could serve my community and give them something that's going to help that out? To me, it was a very simple downloadable PDF. We presented it out there, and bam, all of a sudden, goodwill, um, credibility, uh, trust, likability, revenue, business, all of it came as a result of doing that. And so whether you got a mom pa shop at a physical location and you have a restaurant or, a, or an advisor uh, type uh, professional services place or de- whatever it be, if you can start putting yourself into the mindset of how can I give something and give without a strings attached mentality. Yeah. Not like not like I'm going to give a free visit because I know if I can get him in my office, I can trap him and make him <laughs> buy stuff. Um, but like how can I serve my community that way? And I think if you go from that mindset automatically right off the bat, you're going to dif- uh, differentiate yourself from everybody else and start down the path of what I believe true social commerce is based on. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. I, so, you know, that kind of brings me around to this this question here. You have this concept you've developed called contextual congruence. 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I think it's it's really important because what we've been kind of dancing around is that you have uh, here I am. I know I want to serve my community. I know I want to help people. But the language I'm supposed to speak is actually a little bit deceptive. It's bait and switch in some ways. Right. You know, it's let me get right. you in here, and boy, once you get to know me, that's kind of what it is. It's like, give me a chance, get to know me, you'll like me, you want to hire me, and that's right. just that that leads with such. I know for me personally, that's that I've never liked that. I've always thought, oh, this just feels dirty, you know. And right. but if this is the game, yeah, uh, I just don't like it. So this contextual congruence really seems to be. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're you're really aligning the human in you with the business and the message and everything so that that just, it doesn't become so difficult. You're just being you and you're doing it in a way that, that really attracts the right, what the 4%, right? Yeah. Tell, and tell and the beautiful it. thing is, yeah. And where this came up was, was because, you know, I was brought up through the school of advertising, if you will. Like I read the books from all the great advertisers. I read how to persuade and influence and it just never sat well with me. Yeah. Um, so I never deployed any of it. And then it was that coupled with the fact that now all of a sudden Facebook, uh, which is a social media platform presenting itself as an advertising platform because that's how they generate revenue, um, came on the scene. And all of a sudden you had this massive movement of advertisers, let's call them, who are used to doing things a certain way now come onto Facebook and do it the exact same way. And either A, it wasn't working, best case scenario. Yeah. Worst case scenario, they were getting wiped off the platform and their hands are up in the air like, I don't know what's going on. And so I, I term the, 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 the term contextual congruence because it's based on this idea of A, yes, to, to participate in social commerce today, one needs to be authentic and transparent and drop all the hypey marketing jargon and all that comes with that industry. But two, realize that Facebook as a social media platform is the perfect platform to do that. So where you have contextual incongruence is bringing all that marketing businessy jargon and stuff you're taught to do onto a platform that doesn't allow you to do that because <laughs> it's social. Nobody wakes up in the morning credit card in hand saying – coming onto Facebook saying, I wonder what I could buy today, right? <laughs> they don't? Wait, That's, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yet business owners transact from that perspective. They basically put up an ad that says buy my stuff. Yeah. But nobody woke up that morning saying give me a credit card. Let's go on to Facebook and see what I could buy today. They went on saying, I wonder what my friends are up to. I wonder what's going on. I wonder what who so-and-so is saying about this. I wonder what I had for lunch four years ago. All this stuff. So the idea of, of contextual congruence came up, and I like to kind of allude to it from, from a, a fake story I tell. But it, it, I had this imagery of I'm having a backyard barbecue with all my friends. We're hanging out. It's friends and family. It's really close. We're catching up. We're having stuff off the grill. And all of a sudden, some dude walks in through the backyard and kind of inter interweaves himself into our little circle and joins our conversation. Don't know the dude, but he just decided to walk in. Then he starts taking burgers and hot dogs off the grill and starts dressing them and eating them in front of us. And if that weren't bad enough, he then opens up his bag and then tries to sell us all vacuum cleaners. <laughs> and, and, and so when I tell this story, I ask people, well, how would that make you feel? And the obvious response, depending on what state you're in, is some are more aggressive than others <laughs> right. and have different suggestions than others. But at the end of the day, nobody's happy. Everyone's a little bit pissed off and they don't want this guy here. Yeah. Now, why is that? One, he wasn't invited. Hands down. 
Number two, it's 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 uh, maybe you didn't even need a vacuum cleaner, but the guy's trying to sell you a vacuum cleaner. And thirdly, let's say you did need a vacuum cleaner. This was not the time nor the place to try to sell the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Now, as as kind of strange as the analogy may appear to be, that's what a lot of business owners do on Facebook, right? Consider the Facebook news feed, the backyard barbecue. And now, if you're just coming into the barbecue, I don't know you, I don't know anything about you, I don't know who you are, I know I'm not invited here, but here I am, buy my stuff, um, we're that guy. Mm. So contextual congruence is all about being authentic, bringing the human back into the whole thing, and then realizing that you can do that safely on a platform like Facebook, because that's what Facebook is about. Yeah. It's not a commerce platform. It is a social platform. So for the person, the only person who's going to have a hard time advertising on Facebook is the business commerce minded individual who forgets the human element and then tries to use Facebook like a traditional advertising platform. That person's going to have a harder time. Everyone else who can be true to who they are and be authentic and desire to help and give to someone rather than take, um, I think that person's going to just have it a lot better. Um, and long and short term, uh, do very well using a Facebook platform. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And, and the, you know, the question that comes up in my mind that I imagine others would probably be having as well is, you know, how do we, how do you help somebody utilize the tools that are on Facebook? Because the reality is, like you said, they know they know what you had for lunch four years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And I caught that by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'll wake up wondering what I have for lunch four years ago. <laughs> Nicholas is a weird guy, but you should buy his bike. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, sometimes it's, I have those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, why not? Look, see, that's authenticity right there. He tells you, he's going to tell you a fake story. And then he, you know, admits to <laughs> thinking about four years ago. So Facebook can, has these amazing tools that allow you to dive in to really understand, you know, to target the type of customers you want to go after. You know, yeah. I can say from personal experience, one of the difficulties that, I've experienced, I know other folks that I've talked to have as well, is that you get into that and all of a sudden you realize very quickly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to put in here, right? Because sure. it goes back to, hey, if, you know, if I'm a process consultant or if, I, if my product is good for everybody, then how do I really start to pick who I should focus on? So how do you help somebody in this? Because what you're talking about is so important to just be able to comfortably be themselves, yeah. simplify that process of, uh, you know, how do I start to target them by looking at all this amazing data that I can actually put in? Yeah, they're this age of that. Because I think for so many, they're moving so fast and just thinking in the mindset, I need to keep the lights on and keep the doors open or we right. need to keep what we have going. I don't have time to dial into the minutia. It almost, how do you bring the human element into the non-human data availability? Yeah, and I, I think uh, you know there's an exercise that I put people through and, and I hope this answers the question. If it doesn't, ring me back in. Um, but it's 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 what I call the targeting trifecta, uh, and it allows people to start thinking about because yes, Facebook is this massive data aggregator. Where do I even start? Uh, so this is what I usually suggest as a starting point, not an ending point, but it's a great starting point for people. I call it the targeting trifecta, and we look at the three Fs. First uh, is follow. The F is follow, and what I mean by that is. Uh, Facebook ultimately, for the most part, or for a good part of it, is made up of of tribes, if you will. There's these massive influencers out there who've built massive followings and who are kind of like pinnacle key thought leaders in various different industries. And so one of the exercises I tell people to do is, okay, of your 4%, you want to ask 
yourself, who do they follow on Facebook? Um, if I was in the personal development space, if I were to say, hey, personal development, I'm in the personal development space, I'm going after people who are interested in personal development, who would be one of the top influencer thought leaders in the personal development space? Tony Robbins' name comes up, bar none, hands down, 99% of the time. Well, did you know that on Facebook, you could target the fans of Tony Robbins? Hmm. And just right there, it, 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 it eliminates Everybody else who may not be interested in personal development stuff, you know if they follow Tony, there's a high probability that they, they like personal development stuff. You could just say, Facebook, show this message to fans of Tony Robbins. And so what I suggest to people is don't be an overachiever. Don't come up with 20 people that they follow. Literally start with three. I know that they'll probably follow, if in the personal development world, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, and Zig Ziglar. I, I, I'm just pulling names up, but those are heavily interrelated type influencers in the space. Yeah. Um, so there you go. If you have a couple of people that you know that they follow, you're well on your way to getting a little bit more clear about taking massive data and turning into something that you can be very clear on. Next F is what I would uh, what I call frequent. So what do they frequent or where do they frequent? Your four percenters. Um, this could include, are there certain newspapers that they read on a daily basis? If you know that someone is reading, or, or newsletters or blogs, if you know that someone is reading Home and Garden, every episode that they release, that in and of itself tells you a lot about that person. And I would assume if you were in the Home and Gardening space or any kind of tertiary industry that's related to that, that might be something that you'd want to target. People who read Home and Garden. So think about blogs. Think about, think about events. Think about where do people frequent? Where do they shop? Where do they go? What do they do? What do they read? What do they consume? If you can come up with a list of a couple of things that you know your 4% are frequenting, um, that's going to get you well on your way as well. And then the last one is fund. In other words, where are they spending money? Uh, if I were to just tell you, Jared, that I know that my ideal customer traditionally shops at Whole Foods on a regular basis, just by saying that, that's going to tell me a whole bunch about them, yeah. right? Uh, one, probably health conscious. Number two, disposable or discretionary income, mm -hmm. right? Three, uh, maybe has this element of status to them. Four, probably more conscious than not. Yeah. Right. Safe assumptions. Now, we found all that out just by knowing where they bought their groceries last week. Right. So yeah. the idea is if you're getting started and you know a general sense of who your four percent are and who you can serve best, uh, if you can just ask yourselves, who do they follow? Where do they frequent and what do they fund? This is going to get you uh, uh, get you a nice short list of like probably 20 things that you could target today the moment you stop listening to this podcast you can literally go into your facebook ad platform and say target tony robbins target whole foods target people who read the book think and grow rich Tar any of that yeah uh people who are part of a certain trade association right the 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 restaurateurs of america i don't know if that's a real trade association but let's sounds right it is. yeah <laughs> yeah if, they, if you know they frequent there on an annual basis you know that they probably own a restaurant or they're in the industry you can put type that into your 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 platform so hopefully that gives people an idea of how to like just take big data turn it into simple actionable data that they can then go and and think about how they can reach their people with yeah no i think that does and i love that you simplified that into that that trifecta the 3f's and uh, and that does answer the question, by the way. 
So nice. <laughs> uh, you know, I was going to say, Hey, well, maybe I just didn't really ask a good question too, but yeah, that's, that's what I was after is cause I know when I've gone in, I start to, it gets overwhelming. Yeah, right. It does, but it goes back to knowing your 4%, right? If you don't know that, then anything else you try afterwards is going to be a complete mess. I mean, it's just going to be, you're throwing money away essentially. And, you know, and just to reiterate here on average, the people that you've worked with see a 30,000% ROI over that. So that's not the average. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's on the higher He's end, uh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, and, and frankly, and you know, in full transparency, throwing numbers out like that are, are, are much more of a marketing play than right, anything. Yeah. But the reality is everybody we work with is, 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 seeing Facebook as, for the lack of a better word, an investment platform. Mm. So what I mean by that is nobody is throwing money at Facebook saying, we just want exposure right, and yeah. we'll pay for exposure and not be able to measure the return on that investment. Yeah. Um, every single person we work with is spending a dollar and making more than a dollar back. Mm. And I think that's super important to actually speak to because some people – are unintelligent in their advertising or marketing where they're willing to spend a dollar and not know if that dollar comes back. That's what we call Facebook philanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't want you to participate in that. We want you to see Facebook as an advertising platform and an investment platform that for every dollar you spend, you are in fact not, you know, donating to the Zuckerberg college fund or, or right, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's good. Uh, is, you know, one last question here, cause I know our time is, is coming to an end, but, uh, yes. Um, why Facebook over LinkedIn, right? I mean, because people, I think, will also be asking the obvious questions. Like, well, isn't LinkedIn where the businesses are and business people are? I mean, or can the same methods be applied to LinkedIn? Or do they just, do they just not have the tools to do that? Yeah, and I think the answer is a combination of yes to all of that. Um, so to me, it's never a matter of this or that. It's mm -hmm. if this and that works, then why would you pigeon sell, pigeonhole yourself and, and say, now, I'm going to make an argument that if you only could choose one, Facebook would be the better way to go. But if yeah. you're not limited to your selection and saying one versus the other, then why not, why not? Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, whatever you can make work is good. Number two, yes, the principles apply across the board. I will argue to the death that a giver – long-term will beat a taker no. and someone who is authentic long-term is going to beat the person who isn't. And so as long as you're in that mindset of how can I serve my community, whether that's on LinkedIn or whether that's on Facebook, you are going to win. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, why, you know, why Facebook, uh, frankly, your, your people are on there. No. Um, it, it, the, no other platform has the targeting capability that face, even, even LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. And the beautiful thing about it is bring up the B2B type stuff. Like, well, you know, there's my business guys are on there. They are on there, but their guard is up. Yeah. Cause they're being hit in their in mail inbox all the time with solicitation after solicitation on Facebook. They're probably looking at what their grandkids did the other day. Yeah. So if you do approach it, not as a taker, but as a giver, and, and I don't like how this sounds, so apologize how this comes out, but you can almost fly under the radar now past their like solicitation magnet, and now they're looking at what their grandkids did, and then you pop up in the feed basically saying, hey, I know you got this issue. Let me serve you and help you with that. Now all of a sudden it's a different ballgame. And the targeting capabilities to target any job title you want or any industry you want is all on Facebook 
just like it is on LinkedIn. And so, you know, for those three reasons, I would say if you had to pick one, Facebook would, would be the better way. Um, but if you can pick more, then by all means. Yeah. Uh, well, and the, and the cost on Facebook is significantly less. Oh, uh, I mean, there's nothing, nothing um, from an acquisition standpoint that can, can outperform Facebook today. I mean, yeah. will that change in the future? Maybe, but, but right now. And sorry, let me say that at scale. Yeah. Um, is, is probably a good thing to, to throw in there. But yeah, it's just, it's hard to beat. No, that makes sense. You know, and here's some, one of my own observations that I've, I've looked at. I've been looking at Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, I, I've always been kind of blown away when you see these LinkedIn posts that have 3,200 some odd uh, likes and then 1,000 comments. And you know what it is? Almost every single time, uh, somebody's saying something personal that almost seems irrelevant, right? right? You think this is the wrong platform for that, but it's what's getting most of the traffic. And I thought this is a fluke, but then you continuously see it. Somebody right. pops up and says, the other day I was looking for a job. Boom, everybody's on it. But when it's, when it's, hey, you know, let me share this article about the three best strategies to drive more revenue, two likes, three likes. Right. I've seen New York Times bestsellers that I follow uh, that have almost 30,000 followers of their own, right, or more, and they're posting something. And it gets two likes. I'm thinking, right? How's that happening? How yeah. is that happening? At least the raw numbers. You should be getting way more than that. And I think it, it's kind of a testament to what your entire business is about. Uh, you know, human to human. And so I applaud you for that because clearly you're on the cutting edge of this, and you're just recognizing the obvious. I mean, uh, you know, the old way. The well, don't don't tell people that. Uh, it's not the <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, no no. It's not obvious. Uh, <laughs> but so, that that's the crazy thing. It really is the obvious. Like. Be a good person. Yep. Don't manipulate somebody. Serve someone. Like who would have thought that we would live in a day and age that that was considered cutting edge marketing? Yeah, but it is. That's right. And and I'm going to I'm going to march to the beat of that drum and try and lead that army as best I can to just elevate the the morality and the the ethics of the average business owner who's probably taught that to mar marketing was a bad thing because you have to lie cheat and steal and manipulate when well, I'm I'm saying you don't and especially on 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 things like Facebook so well yes you you got a fan of me man i mean if it hasn't been <laughs> obvious to the listeners here it's really true i applaud you for that and i'm i'm excited about it so with that in mind uh you know, whether you're, you know, you've got two different things here and I wanted to make sure listeners get these, but tell us a little bit about how folks can buy the book. And then you've also got these intensives that you're doing, you know, a couple times a year, maybe more than that. But tell us a little bit about that, how people can one, uh, wherever, whatever level they're at, where they should go. And then also how they can connect with you, find you, learn more about you and your work. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, so, so right now, again, uh, as Jared alluded to, we have, we have this book that was written, uh, earlier this year. Um, and we're giving it away for free plus shipping. Uh, so it's not really giving it away. I'm going to be fully transparent in letting you know that the shipping cost, which is $7.95 to the domestic U.S., um, covers my cost to print the book and to get it in your hands. Uh, I don't make any money on it, but I'm also not losing any money on that. Um, so if you if you if you're just think if you're in a place and you're a small business owner and you're just like, you know what, I, I don't know anything about Facebook. I, I don't know if it's a good place to go or I'm I'm entering into this world of marketing in a digital format. It's the best place to start. It's going to cost you like literally eight bucks, depending on where you live in the world, uh, to get your hands on the physical copy of this book and start reading it. I think that's the best place for uh, you know most people to start. There might be another listener here who's saying, "Well, I have an established business. 
Um, I do know that Facebook is something that, that an opportunity I'm not quite capitalizing on. Maybe I've tried something in the past and failed, or I know because of everything I'm hearing and seeing that this is the direction that I need to go and I have a successful business. I just need to take it to the next level. Um, for that individual, we have what we call an intensive, uh, and it's it's named that adequately. What I mean by that is this is not some come sem- come come you know listen to me talk and it's going to be a nice little seminar and we rah rah and jump up and down and listen to music and drink some drinks and call it a day. This is not a networking event. This is none of that. This is where I force you, Mister and Mrs. Small Business Owner Entrepreneur, to roll up your sleeves and get stuff done. Um, I was just tired of the the seminars and the workshops that I used to go to where uh, not that the content wasn't good, Jared, but I'd literally leave with a to do list that never got done. Yeah. Yeah. And then this this massive burden of saying, oh, my God, I got to now fulfill all this somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, you know what, rather than people leaving with a to-do list, uh, you leave with a done list. And yeah. so what I do during this these two days is it's 20 business owners locked in a room with me. Some of them bring their team and their assistants or whatever it be, their marketing people. Um, and we literally build all the assets necessary. This is my quote unquote proprietary system that we've just proven to work over and over and over again. We customize it and we build all the assets necessary for you and your business. So I'm there, my team is there, you're gonna sweat, you're gonna hate me, you're gonna be like, my gosh, I've never worked so hard on my business ever, but at the end of it, it's gonna be done. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have to go home thinking, what do I got to do now? You're thinking, I've got this. All I got to do now is press the green go button and let the system work for me. Uh, we do we do uh, about six to eight of those a year. Um, those are called the Art of Lead Generation Implementation Intensives. Uh, so the book, sorry, it's uh, um, givebook.info. The title's called Give. So givebook.info is where you can get the free copy of that book. Um, the intensive is nicholaskuzmich.com slash intensive where you can kind of learn all about that. Uh, and again, in, in full honesty here, uh, it is an application only process. Uh, just because you can afford to be there doesn't mean we'll accept you. Uh, no. You have to meet certain criteria. You have to be a good fit. we got to make sure that you're going to blend well with our culture and you have a, a, a company that we're wanting to help. Um, but if you do fill out that application and you're a great fit, then we'll extend an invitation, obviously, um, for you to join us at our next one. And so those are really the the, the two ways that people can get involved with us. Fortunately, um, I spend a lot of time on Facebook, and I am, in fact, the only Nicholas Kuzmich in the entire world. Yeah, it's uh, a fact. <laughs> literally, yeah. So out of the three billion people, if you type in N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-K-U-S-M-I-C-H, you'll only find me. Um, so if anyone wants to connect, Facebook's the place. I do have a free marketing uh, uh, group on Facebook. Yeah, I just it's joined called- it. You accepted my my. Uh- yeah, I <laughs> yeah. love it. Uh, that's where I do actually spend time in the nitty gritties. And this is the community that I serve. So anytime people have questions or have comments or anytime I come up with a brilliant new idea, I throw it in there. Um, but FB Marketing Mastery is how you can search that group and you can join us and participate there. And of course, the, the website, nicholaskuzmich.com. But any one of those means is, is a great way to kind of stay in contact with what I'm up to and, and still get help from us at a distance. Yeah, I, and I can say I, I was actually pretty impressed. So I'm, I haven't been active on that um, in that Facebook group because I just joined, but right. I've gone on there. I get notifications from it, and I'm blown away as at how active you are in there. Uh, you know, people having direct you people will ask a question, and then you know you're on there answering that, or you're posting something that's hey, this is how I would solve that, and that's uh, 
that's pretty rare. So, and of course, we're going to make sure that there's links to to all of these places you've talked about. So, if you're listening awesome. to this and you're thinking, "Oh, I didn't get a chance to write that down," of course, you know, you can you'll have links to that, and um, and we'll make sure you can find it. But I again, I can't say it enough, Nicholas. Outstanding book. I encourage anybody that um, thank you for thinking about it. Do it. Get it. I mean, if he's going to send it to you for free, you cover the cost of shipping. Uh, you know, you you can't lose with this. So. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I know I definitely want to have you on the show again down the road. So, Anytime, anywhere, you let me know. I'll be there. Cool. Thanks, How about Jared, next I appreciate week? appreciate <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. That is it for today's show. Again, thank you so much for being here. And if you have not subscribed, make sure you do that before you uh, turn this episode off. And then also visit us at thenewfuturist.com where you can find out more about our work, uh, a lot of the free resources that we have. And of course, if you want to take your strategic thinking, your decision-making, or increase that skill set uh, to drive real innovation and create the future, then you'll definitely want to check out the Foresight Academy. And you can find that on our website at thenewfuturist.com under courses, but you can also find that at theforesightacademy.com. Again, that's theforesightacademy.com. And this is something we're doing in partnership with the University of Tennessee, where uh, folks that go through this program and they complete it, are uh, issued a certificate in strategic foresight from the Haslam College of Business at the University of Tennessee. So again, check us out at thenewfuturist.com, but also if you're interested in, uh, in the Foresight Academy and getting your certificate in strategic foresight, then definitely check us out at theforesightacademy.com. As always, uh, feel free to reach out to us directly. Let us know what you think. If you've got some ideas or comments or things that you want to see us uh, or hear us talk about, we want to hear from you. We want to know. So make sure that you comment on the blog and, uh, and leave us a note. All right. Thanks again, everybody. See you soon.